Thanks for listening to the Passion Daily Podcast. This week, we're excited to continue in our series, Don't Waste Your Life. Today's short scripture reflection comes from Pastor Ben Stewart. Family was a great idea, but it got messed up from the beginning. God designed family for cultivation, but sin distorted family into chaos. And so for Eve, rather than helping Adam lead, she began to tempt Adam to go towards a self-absorbed expression. Adam, rather than protecting his family, as was his call from God, had a passivity letting his wife go down a trail she was never meant to go. And you see that, man, where they once had vulnerability in their family, it was instantly replaced with shame and blame. And you see, by the time they have their first children, what happens? One son murders the other. It's fascinating, as I've counseled people throughout the years, when they talk about the pain of their childhood, oftentimes the way people talk about it is as an isolating thing. You don't understand the pain my family's in. You don't know what my family's like. And they see the pain they've experienced in their family as something that isolates them from the rest of humanity. But let me tell you something. The very first nuclear family of four people, one murdered the other. Families have been broken from the jump. So the brokenness of your family does not isolate you. It connects you to the whole human story. Not every family gets joy. Every family gets pain. And I'm not saying that to minimize the pain you've been through. I'm saying that to maximize how broken this world is. And if you read through the Old Testament, look at it, man. You have family members murdering one another, swindling one another in business, sexually uh, harming one another. You see all kinds of brokenness in the family. It's a horrible, distorted thing. And so you look at it, and many of you go, that's my experience. They didn't cultivate me. It was chaos. That's why I got out of there. And yet, as the Bible continues, you see Adam and Eve have another son, Seth. And Seth calls on the name of the and you see, he raises Enosh to fear the Lord. And then on through Noah. And a God, godly grace gets sown back into the family story. And then when God gets to Abraham, he says to Abraham, I'm going to bless you. And through you, every family on the earth will be blessed. Family was meant for cultivation. It was broken into chaos. But God redeems the family unit as a means of redemption. Grace is going to start in a little family and it's going to become a wave that crashes into every family. And some of you have watched your families come to know and embrace the grace of God through Jesus, the descendant of Abraham. Others of you, maybe you're the only one in your family who the grace of God has touched down on. But God has not given up on family and he wants to use you and your family. God is sovereign over family and not just the institution, but your particular one. So Ephesians chapter 3.14, it says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family on earth is named. What he means by that is God is the source of every family. So your particular family is not an accident. It's not just that God ordained the institution and somehow you ended up with these crises. It's that God ordained your family. So yeah, maybe your mom's roommate in college introduced you to your dad at a bar and that's how they met, but it was God that arranged the meeting. You're in that particular family on purpose. And some of you may go, well, why did he do that? Why put me with these people? 
Well, let me tell you one of the implications of understanding that God is sovereign over your family. If you look at Paul's prayer, he calls God the God from whom every family is named. And then listen to a prayer. He says he prays to that God who made your family that according to the riches of his glory, he would grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit and your inner being that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, that being rooted and grounded in love, you might have strength to comprehend with all the saints the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You go, why are you starting here, Ben? For this reason, what the Bible is trying to tell you is that the reality is the God whose love cannot be measured, that you can't get your arms around the height and breadth of it, the God whose love will come crashing into your life, forgive your past, make you a child of God, that loving God rules over your family, rules over your life put you in that family. And when you realize that, the God who loves that much put me in this family, it instantly liberates you from sin-justifying victimhood. And it gives you the compassion to love the people in your family, whether they filled their roles well or not. You see it in Joseph in the Old Testament. Young Joseph had a bunch of older brothers, didn't like him. There was some jealousy in there, which happens when your dad has like four wives uh, at once create some complexity, right? (laughs) They hated little Joe. He showed up to check on them while they were shepherding. And what did they do? They grabbed Joseph and threw him in an empty pit. And then he had to sit down there in that pit while he listened to his brothers debate whether or not they were going to murder him. And then if you keep reading Genesis, it said, and then they sat down to eat. They were casual enough about talking about how little his life meant that they're eating sandwiches while they're talking about it while he's down there in a well, scared to death as a kid. Then they see a caravan go by, and they say, why don't we just sell him? And so they sell their brother into slavery. You think that's going to cause some psychological problems? He becomes a slave, gets wrongly accused of a crime, and gets put in prison. Gets left in prison for a long time. Finally, by the grace of God, he gets out, and he gets a job in the household of Pharaoh in Egypt and begins to rise in Egypt. But even as he's approaching his 40s, he has a son, and he names his firstborn Manasseh, which means God has made me forget all my hardship and my father's house. You think he's still dealing with unresolved issues in his 40s? He named his kid, forget you, family. Yes, yeah, by very definition, I don't know that you have. Let's not quibble on it. Clearly, you're working through some things. <laughs> and you see, into his 30s and 40s, there's a pain lodged in the heart that some of you know really well about the damage that can be done to you that you don't reconcile way into your adult life. But then what happens? He gets dreams of how to take care of Egypt in the midst of a famine. He gets to be a blessing to a nation right when his family's in a region that begins to starve. And so while he's ruling over Egypt, his family comes and when he intersects with his brothers, he sees that the grace of God has been working on them and breaking their hearts, that God is changing them. And what happens in that moment? Joseph looks at the family members who hurt him and as they realize this is the Joseph we sold and they break down in shame and terror and weep in his presence he says to them in Genesis 45 don't be distressed don't be angry with yourselves because you sold me here for God sent me here before you to preserve your life 
For the famine has been in this land for two years, yet five years there will be neither plowing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me father to Pharaoh, lord over all his house, and ruler over the land of Egypt. Do you see what's happening there? As he gets older, he realizes, yes, my family hurt me, and I don't have to call it anything else than that, but they don't ultimately control my story. God does. And God is using my story to weave grace into this world and to be a voice of grace and a conduit of grace back into this very family that hurt me. And my question to you is, are you willing to be a conduit of grace to those people? You will be when you realize it's God who reigns over your story, not them. You will be. Thanks for listening to today's Passion Daily Podcast. For full messages, live gatherings, and worship videos, check out our YouTube channel and subscribe at youtube.com slash passioncitychurch1.